Howdy, howdy. I'm going to get y'all up here in a second as I normally do. But as I do, as I'm trying to find my place here, you ever thought about when's the last time you've ever had that you've abandoned your heart? You ever thought about that? When is the last time, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm really, I'm racking my brain right now and going, Bibbo, when's the last time you've ever just abandoned yourself? When's the last time you've ever just cut yourself loose, Bibbo, and said, regardless of the consequences, I'm here? Am I the only one that ever lives this life a bit guarded? <laughs> Please tell me I'm not. Please tell me that all of you, because I know you're not, because you share and, and, you're, and you're able to do that. And so I thank you for doing that. You see, because there's a lot of people, I want us to pray here for a second. There's a lot of people that on this Monday, this past Monday, it was going to be a great idea to get themselves here Saturday. And it's Saturday and they find themselves in the very place where they ran through their mind going, it's going to be a great idea to go get with those folks on Saturday and fear grip them. Fear absolutely wrestled them right back on the couch or whatever it was that said, nope, I cannot go back through that door tonight. Or I'm not willing to go meet so-and-so for a lunch tomorrow. Or I'm not willing to do whatever it is that would have put themselves in the place of someone that would love them and then receive love. You see, I get a lot of my culture from animated movies. <laughs> And I, I did. I grew up on Looney Tunes, you know, and uh, the, the Barbara. What's that? Remember that? I would have never known that had I not seen that. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and so I saw it this morning. I'm at the Mac and I'm on the treadmill there, and there's this movie on Crude. Has anybody ever seen that? I recommend it. It's funny. It's good. But here's the line in it that just struck me. The, the dad, I don't remember his name, but the dad said, fear protects you. Not in this barn. No way. Fear grips you to paralysis. And what we're saying and what we're about is that we're going to teach one another how to live in this freedom of Jesus Christ. Freedom accelerates. Freedom is exciting. Freedom in Him and freedom from ourselves is what motors us out these doors and to just go love this world wide open. And I'm proud of you guys for being able to do that. Alright? So y'all get back up here just for a second because always there's somebody that always kind of trickles in. Let everybody know you're glad you're here. You're in a safe place tonight.
Here we go. Where's wherever you want to. Stage is gonna lift us up. You too, baby. Alright. Way to go. out into this world and grab each of us by the neck and, and want to be with us. Lord, I thank you for those in this room that were scared to come. And I thank you for those that have not been here before. May they experience something that they've never quite experienced before that um, begs them the question, um, what was that and how can I get more of it? God, I just ask that the words flow between us tonight. They all lift you higher and make us all better people because all we want to do all we're called to do is just live this crazy wild life living you out loud in jesus name amen thank you stasia all right if you've been traveling with us for the past uh, we're in our third week of this uh discussion on a new way and uh, what we've been discovering with one another is that our anchor verse has been 2 Corinthians chapter 4, so you can turn there, and uh, that way over the three weeks, hopefully this verse has just been blazed into your brain, into your heart. And so it's 2 Corinthians, it's chapter 4, and it's verse 1, and it says, Therefore, since God in His mercy has given us this new way, this ministry, we never give up. And I think that's so fitting that we see that after singing these words that says His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. And so after that we say that we never give up or some of your versions may have never lose heart. We don't get discouraged. And if you were here from the very first, you would know that Paul's writing to a, to a group of people in Corinth that their population would be about like a Memphis or a Nashville. And so over the course of a couple of weeks, we found out that the therefore was therefore because what Paul is saying, he's saying, look, if you are continuing to try to live by the law of Moses, you're in for a long road. As a matter of fact, you're in on the wrong road now. Christ has come. Christ has fulfilled that. And so now I'm telling you, we have this new way. And this new way in Christ lives in life. The law lives in death. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a forked road, and it's the one that you're going to pick. And the thing that Paul is reminding folks of is that it's a daily battle. It's a constant battle that, we, that we're fighting within ourselves. And then last week we realized, if y'all were here, you remember we did our own tablets, and we started banging these things out. Got your goggles on, Mom! And so what, <laughs> and so what we did... Remember, we said, hey, we love this guy named Jesus, but we're pretty sure he fulfilled the law, but I'm going to be busy about putting things on my own tablet in order to make sure that I'm good with God. 
Y'all remember that? And so the thing is, is that we'll even find in what we're going to start talking about this week is that, all right, I've got the tablet over my head, and so here's the law of it, here's the weight of it, and sometimes what we do is that we'll get close to someone and then we'll put our tablet over their noggin and say, man, you should be doing it like what we're doing. And you see how it just keeps pressing down. And the other thing about that is you can't really see this one, but you see how it's a little bit bigger? Because once we've started living life with this guy named Jesus and we've got our initial tablet down, we start adding to it. And so this one here, I'm not even sure if I can get it. Well, huffing, puffing, yep. See how it's bigger? Man, it's heavy. And at some point, people that said yes to Jesus and they got all the shoulds on them, and they got other people that have got their tablets and they're putting their tablets over their head, and all of a sudden they just drop them. They said, the heck with it. And they check out. I've lived it. I understand the weight of that. And it is so heavy. And the thing is, is that for us to stop whooping each other. Come on. Please. And I have to, before I can stop whooping you, I got to stop whooping myself. So, in order for me to stop whooping myself, I got to figure out why am I whooping? Why am I putting myself behind the woodshed to whoop myself when Jesus emptied the tomb in order for me not to ever have to do that ever again? So, you want to find out together how we can do this? Yeah, I do too. Me too. So, let's go back to the verse that kind of unlocked this for us. And it's in Romans 10. It's on the right half side of the book. It's in verse 1. Romans 10. This is the same writer of the letter. It's Paul. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart And prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself. And what he's saying right there is he's saying, look, Jesus has come. Jesus is resurrected. They don't believe it. That's what what he's saying. Verse 3, For they don't understand God's way of making people right with Himself, refusing to accept God's way. They cling to their own way. Tablets. I even put, they, I cling to my way. Tablets. Our own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already, gang, that's past tense, accomplished the purpose for which the law was given as a result of all who what class? Believe. Harder. Amen. There's not a list of things to do there, is there? But yet now, gang, hear me. Some of the stuff that we put on our tablet is good. Some of the stuff that we put on our tablets are good. Daily devotions. Incredibly cool. Prayer. What are some of yours? Bark some of them out. What are some of the things that are on your tablet that help you create and um, make your relationship with Christ deeper. 
What are some of the things? Read the Word. Fellowshipping. What else? Prayer. Absolutely. Attitude. What about these guys when they're reading the letter and they've got to pass the letter over to all the homes that may be meeting? Let's go forward just a little bit and see what Jesus says. And because He's got it figured out. And I believe that if we look in how Jesus lives this thing out, it will help us propel out of here tonight. It's in Luke. We read it last week. It's in Luke, so go back to your left a little bit. And it's in chapter 4. Now gang, here's the thing. Please hear this. Here's your tablet. When you put something on the tablet, and again, some of the stuff that we put on there is good because it's, one, it's, it's our desire to create and to develop this relationship with God through Christ, and these are some of the vehicles that we use to grow depth, right? Now, if, what's my motive for putting something on my mental tablet? Now gang, if my motive for putting something on the tablet is in order to gain acceptance from God, get rid of your tablet. What did we just read is your acceptance to Christ, to God? Belief and belief alone. You get in the same boat that Abraham did a trillion years ago. Back to my tablet. If you put it on your tablet in order to create and develop your relationship and, and seeking His face in order to find out how I can overcome... You see the post-it notes on the, on the cross back there? Those were things that people put on the cross that said, I want this to be my next step that God is telling me to do, but I'm fearful in doing it. It's not for acceptance, but when you're seeking His face through your mental tablet, it helps you take that post-it note off and say, man, thank You, Lord. Through the Holy Spirit of You in me, I was able to walk through that and do it. All glory's on Him. So Jesus now, remember, we saw this last week. He's in the room. And He's in a room with all the boys that have studied the law and the written Word as it was in that day for thousands of years. <laughs> and I love Jesus. And He gets up in the room. And the attendant hands Him the scroll. And Jesus finds the scroll where it's written in Isaiah 61. And so if you're looking in your book, it's in Luke 4. It's chapter 17. I mean, verse 17. Or if you were to look in Isaiah, it would be chapter 61. So place yourself as one of the people in the room. Here is the living Word about to read the Word. Listen to what He says. He's, he's, he's reading the Word that Daddy wrote. That Daddy blew through Him. That Daddy blew through Isaiah. And so here He is in the room and here's what He says. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He, being Jesus, unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. These words are in red. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He didn't say it's about to come. He didn't say hang on there just for a second. He said it's come. And the rest of it says then He began, He handed the scroll back to the attendant, sat down, and I can only imagine all eyes in the synagogue looked at Him intently. Then He began to speak. The Scripture you have just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Wow! You think you could hear a pin drop in that place? Tink! Silence overtook them. And in their soul, they started to try to figure out, what do we do with this? What's my next step in this? Do I believe or do I not? That was their choice that day. But what I want us to focus in on is this word anointing. You see, Jesus said, He says, I have been anointed to bring good news. Now gang, if you're anything like me, whenever I hear that word, anointing, I immediately go to a place of someone pouring oil on you or anointing you as you pray, and that is very cool. It's in the Scripture. It's extremely powerful. I also go back to the points when Jesus was in the room and, and uh, He was anointed before He went and placed Himself on the cross. You remember that? With this incredibly expensive perfume. Or the woman that came and just cried over His feet, anointing His feet. So there's something special and sacred about anointing. But part of this word also means that you have been given the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And those are vast, they're different, and they all are equipped according to your DNA. And so what Christ is saying, so let's go back and unpack this a little bit. So what Christ is saying, He's saying, look, I've been anointed to set the captives free. If you have said yes to Jesus, now place it in this way. Sean, Vivo, Pat, Courtney, I have been anointed to set the captives free. That means those that are helpless, that are without eternal riches. Jesus is saying, look, I've been anointed to help the spiritually blind see. All of our names, Amanda, Mom, Spencer, Kevin. We have been anointed to help the blind see. You see where I'm going? We have, Gracie, we have been anointed to set the oppressed free. Melissa, we are through our anointing, we are believing in the Lord's favor, which means acceptance. Am I believing in the Lord's acceptance? Am I believing in the anointing, the holy gifts, the gifts that Jesus through that God through Jesus has given me to live this out? Wow. It's a lot to unpack, isn't it? We have tons of folks doing this. We have tons of folks doing this. Because if, and again, if you're anything like me, I'm going, well, Jesus, that was just for you. And it's just not so. 
Because remember, we read first that it says that we have this new ministry. That we have this, in His mercy, we've been given this new way. It means ministry. It means service. It means almost like waiting on tables. So what is your anointing? How do we utilize, gang, our gifts together? How do, more importantly, how do, we, how do we help unlock others out here? Remember the 64,000? Remember the ones that have just dropped their tablets and said, to heck with it? It's too much. You guys are unbearable. <laughs> Y'all are really tough to hang out with. Time I turn around, somebody's telling me I shouldn't do something. And it don't matter what barn you go to. Depending on what barn you go to, they're going to tell you. You find out real quick the things you shouldn't be doing. And they're so trivial. When you think about it, they're so trivial. And we got 64,000 out here that, that check the Christian box. A lot of them are brothers and sisters that will be under a bridge maybe tonight. Who are the oppressed in our lives? Who are the captives? Some of those are in our own homes. I was once held captive, but now I'm free. I was blind, but now I see. You see how those words fit? What was I spiritually blind of? What was I captive of? What was I being oppressed from and by? So here's the thing. What's our motive? If someone were to come up and say, why the refuge? You guys are whacked. Thank you. Yes, we are. What's our motive? What is your motive for continuing to say yes to Jesus? And how has your faith in Jesus carried you through Today. Most of my days, gang, this is Bibbo being Bibbo. Most of my days, I've lived it kind of safe because there's not the reliance upon my faith in Christ through the Holy Spirit of my anointing to get me through the day. Here's what I want to do here's our common ground. You see, because the other thing that happens with our tablets and our gifting is that we'll look around at the, at the landscape of the folks that we're hanging out with. And they'll go, man, that pop, he's, he's cool. He's really cool. He dresses hip, he can play. He's, I, don't yeah, know, I don't know anything. He, he dances, he can sing. And so what happens is that pop's got his tablet... Right there, and they're going, I wish I had his tablet. Why can't I have his tablet, Lord? And God's going, I made you, Bivo. Bivo, I made you. Your DNA, you got great gifts, Bivo. But we sit suppressed in them thinking that we don't have them. And it just ain't so. He wouldn't have blown life into you on purpose had He not needed you in this purpose. Right? So I'm so proud of you that you're doing it. 
let's keep grabbing them. I, th I think I've got a pretty cool way of drawing this together. Here's our common ground. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And most of us will be able to spit that one out, right? What is that? Alright, love God and love others as how? Love our neighbor as what? That's a huge one. Because when I am looking at his tablet and wishing I had his tablet, I'm not digging myself. So I can't love you until I'm digging what I've got up here that Christ said, Golly, man, you're getting it now. You're setting yourself free. You're understanding this new way. You're understanding your anointing, Bibbo. You're understanding your giftedness. Wow! Now go join others and let them weave this thing daily. So Jesus said, He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And in verse 40 there, it says, the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two. So if anyone ever asks, or if you ever hear anyone that comes into your life and they say, I just don't know what God has for me, there's your answer. That's all it is. It's not about standing on a stage somewhere. It's not about standing up here behind this music stand. Those two things that God has when they say, hey man, I just wish I knew what God's will for my life was. Take them to Matthew. Take them to Matthew 22 and say, man, i got great news for you today. I've got the answer. I've got the answer of what, what God wants you to do today. He wants you to love Him, and He wants you to love others. But do you dig yourself? Make them answer that, because now you'll be able to start helping them walk down the path. If they say no, that's where you start. Jesus said this, John 13, you don't have to go there. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are among my disciples. Your love never fails. Your love never gives up. See, the him in me won't give up, but Bibbo does. That's just the raw honesty of it. And so I have to sit in that and say, man, I'm tired. You have worn me down. But the world can't wear us all down. Because we have this guy named Jesus in us. Amen. I want to I start closing. I want to show this. You know, I sent this out earlier. And, um, you know, how does, what in the world does Seabiscuit have to do with anything that we're talking about tonight? I'm about to bring that to you. It's going to be good. So, again, I told you I get a lot of my culture from the Mac, right? And this is no different. So, there's something about. Horse movies, exercising in the Mac in that theater room, that brings me to tears. <laughs> I just get in there and I start crying. And so I'm in there and I'm burning a calorie off, making room for donuts and chocolate chip cookies and that ain't working. And so this movie Seabiscuit's on. Has anybody ever seen that? Man, what a great movie. I didn't know anything about that horse. But it was set back in the Depression. Right? This horse was, was uh, mom and daddy were champions. 
And so you have this racehorse that when he was born had tablets placed over him. See, he was expected to do certain things because of his mom and daddy and because he was a racehorse. But yet, when this horse Seabiscuit was born, he was small. He was in the eyes of trainers lazy. He ate twice as much as all the other racehorses. And when he was placed into some of the races, he got absolutely clobbered. He wasn't living up to the tablets that the trainers and their tablets had placed on him. They were wanting him to operate in their way. Seabiscuit, after about two years of that, they, they, this one guy said, I'm going I'm to beat the obstinates out of him. And it just got worse. Seabiscuit finally got angry. He started rebelling. And it got to the point where Seabiscuit at that point was just relegated to uh, junk. Sold at the lowest amount of dollars that anybody would ever buy a racehorse. Look at this clip and then we'll close. Can't you just feel that moment when, when Seabiscuit realized this is my anointing. This is what I was made for. I was made to run. And the trainer that came in and got him wiped the old tablets off of him. Didn't you just love that statement when the guy asked him, he said, I'm going to teach him how to be a horse again. How do we do that? And what he did is he wiped off everything that had been placed on him and let him run free. He did so by just feeding him everything that he could. He did so by surrounding him by things that other racehorses weren't surrounded by. He did so out of living out his anointing, his uniqueness, his new way. So here's the question for us, gang, as we close. What about you? Are you running? 
Have you allowed Christ's new way to let you run? And if not, let's get rid of that old way through our yes with Jesus to let you run in His new way. Father, we thank You for this time. Thank You so much, Lord, for a group of people that are willing to say yes to You. Father, that's so much so that they are saying yes, not only to You, but God, in their yes, that that's overflowing out into the streets around them, starting in homes and at work and in the community. And Father, that they're reminding people out in our community and and across the, the globe, in China, in Haiti, in Africa, on streets here in Murfreesboro, that they were made on purpose. That God, that You intended for them to be here. And that You intended for us to live together, to run wide open. Lord, thank You for a people that are, that are willing to remind folks. And how do we do that? Well, we just love You and we love others. It, that's Your will. So I pray tonight, God, as we continue in, in worship, that if there's anyone that, that wants to say, I'm ready to run, that they would get with someone and pray with them and just walk out those next steps together. Lord, if they want to go ahead and celebrate You through breaking of the bread and dipping in the cup and celebrating, Lord, our oneness through You. And we're telling a world that You are coming back. But Father, more importantly, we're showing them that You're already here and how we live You out. So God, we love You and we count it such a privilege to, to serve You. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.